Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of Thoughts on Films, uh, the podcast that thinks a lot on films in Malaysia and beyond. My name is Fikri, and with us here today, I have a very special guest because he is the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend that is uh, Cheng Tim Kian. Hello, TK, are you with us? Uh, yeah, yeah. Hello, everyone. Hi, Fikri. Thanks for uh, yeah inviting, inviting me for the podcast. Yeah, but I'm not the regent. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're the legend. A- you're a legend in many ways, certainly to me on a personal level, my, my friend. But uh, <laughs> no, but we are thankful to you for taking a good time out of your busy schedule. We are actually gathered here, ladies and gentlemen, to talk about a particular event which took place sometime last year. So this is actually a kind of talk or discussion. Uh, the title of the event is actually On Transmission, Ang Lee in Conversation with Hirokazu Koreeda, okay? And I will actually, I have a question about his name, which I'll get to in a short while. Um, but I would like to introduce this uh, event first. Held at the 2020 Berlin International Film Festival, it was one of the contributions uh, that they gave to the We Are One, a global film festival, which took place between the 29th of May and the 7th of June in the year 2020. Of course, this was kind of like the stand-in event, uh, the compromise um, of uh, of an event organized or, or um, uh, in, collaborated with, if, I guess you could say, not just between the Berlin International Film Festival, but also a host of other film festivals around the world, like Tokyo International Film Festival and such. And, you know, they contributed screenings, discussions and whatnot. And, and this was one of the uh, events that caught my attention. Um, basically, what, what it's all about is, is uh, I'm just going to read out the official synopsis here. Nine-time Academy Award-winning uh, Ang Lee and uh, Hirokazu Koreeda, or Koreeda Hirokazu, discuss the state of film art today. The conversation is fascinating and unexpected. It presents not only one of the many possible narratives of the festival, but also a vibrant picture of cinema taken at a crucial time of transition. These remarkable filmmakers have left a mark on the Berlinale and in all of our lives. Hosted by Dennis Lim, who is the Director of Programming at Film at Lincoln Center and also an advisor to the Berlin Art, it took place uh, as part of an introduction by Ang Lee to Koreeda's film, Afterlife, which was screening at the festival. In return, Koreeda chose and introduced uh, Lee's Brokeback Mountain. So that's the introduction. Uh, there's, there's a part of this discussion where Ang Lee said that Koreeda's Afterlife is the first film of Koreeda's that he saw. And he described it as something that's very unique, very special, very clean and very calm. It's very sad, but it's also very beautiful. Uh, on, the, on the other hand, Koreeda described, uh, he, he said that the wedding banquet is the first Ang Lee film that he saw, uh, which is uh, not the first of Ang Lee's film that I saw, but, but a film that I remember very well. Uh, I also think that it's a great film. But he spoke in this session more of uh, Sense and Sensibility and Brokeback Mountain, um, as in, in terms of uh, an Asian director directing in, in the West, so to speak, right? So, so I just have a question for you. Um, which was the first film of each filmmaker that, that you, TK, came across or remember watching? For me personally, it oh. was uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, for Ang Lee, and nobody knows for uh, Koreeda. So I, I just wondered, what was your introduction to both filmmakers? Well, you have a good, how to say, you have a good chance to watch both of the array. Uh, really good film, actually. <laughs> but for oh, me, yeah, I'm, a bit weird. <laughs> I'm a bit weird, uh, how to say. Mm. I really cannot uh, remember which one is the first one because my practice for watching film, I'm not really like, oh, because he's Koreda, he's uh, Ang Lee, I will go to watch mm. film, you know. But I usually just watch randomly and then I feel mm. that, oh, this film is really good. So that's all. Until mm. when I uh, become a filmmaker, I will only like notice, oh, this is who, which director, and then I will continue like uh, follow this director works, you know. So mm. um, for Koreda and Ang Lee is quite, uh, I, I, I think I uh get into not uh how to say I know them like quite a long time uh but I doesn't know the the director themselves I know their work 
So right. as I remember, Ang Lee, it should be Life of Pi. <laughs> uh, the first film mm. I watched, Ang Lee film, is Life of Pi. Because uh, quite famous as well. But mm. of course, Coaching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is, is the one I really know about. Oh, Ang Lee, this person, you know. Mm. Uh, oh, no. It's not that. Oh, it's not Life of Pi. It should be The Hulk. The Hulk, the Hulk. yes. Yeah. Incredible Because Hulk. at that time, like, uh, yeah. Because, oh, no, 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 not the Incredible Hulk. It was The Hulk, yeah. Uh, the Hawk. Uh, but I don't remember is uh that time I watched it, I don't know it's Ang Lee one. <laughs> Until when I watched uh, uh not watch it, but I know uh Coaching Tiger Hidden Dragon that time I, I only know about Ang Lee. But I didn't follow mm. up. I don't know. Uh to be honest, until today I didn't watch uh Coaching Tiger Hidden Dragon. So sorry, Ang Lee. <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah. Uh to be honest, yeah. I I start with like the Hawk and then Life of Pine and then follow up. Uh, after the Life of Pine, actually I follow up. Like the uh the Billy's one uh and two more, and for for Corrida actually I I trace his work more earlier, uh when I think um, I can't really remember the first film uh, of Corrida I watched but uh mm. Mm, like should be should be like father like son, the one mm. I, I I watched in the Japanese uh film festival that all uh, annually organized in Malaysia all the time. So right, but I still don't know it's the Corrida. You know, I just watch it and then I said, okay, it's not like too how was I too touched in my heart, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> until uh until the time uh I uh, I watched Ador, but I also didn't know this is the Corrida. Mm-hmm. Uh, until um, uh before I met him in the AFA 2017 uh in Busan. So before that, I only noticed oh she will become uh, become the dean of the workshop. It's a filmmaking right. workshop. And then uh, I will start uh, going to check it out. And then I found out, oh, some of the work actually, I, I really uh, love it. And I remember the most uh, when I start to trace his work, actually, it's like Afterlife and uh, Distant. Mm. This is a two, two from really like uh, get into my brain all the time. So yeah, this the first film I watched for Corrida should be like Father and Son. Uh, like Father and, Son. and for mm. me, mm. <laughs> oh yeah, excellent. By the way, they they did touch on both films. I think we are going to reference some of this as well, both uh, the Hulk and um, uh, Afterlife uh, in in this discussion. As an aside, um, I I saw the Hulk in the cinema with my grandmother, my late grandmother, and it's it's just one of those things where my now that I think about it. I didn't really think about it back then, and not even until the moment you said it just now. But now that I think about it, in light of what we are going to be talking about in a short while, that he, she was able to connect with it in a way that she was not as able to connect with a number of other films. So my grandmother and I, we used to watch a number of films together. So I took her to watch The Two Towers, which is uh, uh, one of the Lord of the Rings films, and a number of others. Like she's always telling me if there's a good film out, you know, just let me know and we'll go watch it together. Um, and we went to watch wrestling together as well when uh, <laughs> The Rock came to Stadium Putra in Bukit Jalil. This is in 2002, I think. So we, we do a fair amount of stuff together in that sense. Um, and in this, and she doesn't understand English per se, but she, watching The Hulk, she was able to empathize with um, Eric Bana, who played uh, Bruce Banner in, in that particular film. So, so perhaps that's something that we'll get into a bit more later on. But I'm surprised that you said The Hulk. But pleasantly so. That's actually a very good. It's a very just, very just good to, uh, point to bring up. Just to be honestly, uh, because the hub and the the one we make by Mowers, so I'm kind of confused already for the hub. <laughs> oh yeah, but no. I can tell you. Uh, I forget to to add on the point actually. Just like uh, what I'm uh my first film with the uh, Corrida, and then I continue to track uh, them. For Angli, I actually I, how to say uh, the the the. Best film actually, uh, for me for Amelie and really uh, deep in my heart actually is the, uh, Eat Drink Man Woman. That's a that's the mm. best Amelie film I always remember. Yeah, actually, Hark uh, is like mm, okay. After watching, true, true. Mm, okay, <laughs> true, true. Eat, yeah. Eat Drink Man Woman is is uh one of his earlier films, so to speak. His first, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Um. Uh, I I think it's uh, after the wedding banquet. No, no, wedding the banquet film. is after. The wedding banquet is after uh, because because uh, eat drink menu uh, is early nineties, mid nineties, I think. Uh, 
Virgin Banquet actually is 1993. Uh, really, yeah? During Man Woman is 1994. Wow, should okay. be, should be. Okay, I, I shall <laughs> defer to you. There's a reason why I'm deferring <laughs> no, no, no. to you. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll take your word for it. I believe you. I'm not, I'm not even. I'm not even being sarcastic about it. <laughs> but but there's a reason why I'm deferring to you, and we'll get to that in a short while. But now we are going to actually get back to the session. There's a part of the session where Andy spoke of his admiration for Japanese cinema um, and Chinese cinema as well. Um, he spoke of Chinese cinema as a subculture of Japanese cinema when he was growing up. So in this case, we, we kind of need to point out when, when he says Chinese, in a way, I think he's, he's also using the word Chinese for Taiwan for Taiwanese and not necessarily Chinese at mainland China. So perhaps for the listeners who may not be as aware, essentially there are two Chinas out there. One is the Republic of China, which is what we understand Taiwan to be. And the other is the People's Republic of China, which is, you know, the, the, the mainland Chinese, as we understand the word China to be. So this is perhaps where we kind of need to have an idea of, he says Chinese cinema, um, and it could be that he means mainland Chinese cinema, but I think he could also very much mean Taiwanese cinema in that sense as well. So I think, you know, there's, there's perhaps a difference in, in the terms here that we kind of need to bear in mind. But nevertheless, coming back to the point here, he spoke of Chinese cinema as a subculture of Japanese cinema when he was growing up. So this is the, the quote that I'm lifting from the session directly. It's very Eastern, something to look up to even when you feel a kinship to it. There's a mood, I would say sadness. There's a sadness and kindness that's in Buddhism. Something very Eastern and you have to obey something bigger than you are. For me, I, I kind of forgot because he spoke this in the context of Taiwan being under Japanese rule for, for, for quite a while. Um, I, I didn't really realize it actually for, for, uh, for the longest time that Taiwan was indeed under Japanese rule. Although of course now it's one of those things where you look back and you kind of like, well, because that makes sense, right? But for you, um, the question I have for you here, TK, is that perhaps as a Malaysian Chinese, do you feel the same that perhaps in some way you look as much to Chinese or to Japanese cinema or culture as a point of reference, um, maybe as, as a filmmaker or as a film fan? Mm, uh, well, when we're talking about Chinese, I think <clears throat> for now, it's quite sensitive, <laughs> especially mm. toward the mainland China. Uh, mm. You know, uh, so we, I'm trying to avoid this one. As your, as your question, I think uh, it linked me to something else, uh, not directly as a like Taiwanese uh, connect with the Japan, Japan film. But right. uh, when you asked me this question, I was thinking, mm, mm, uh, how to say, I was thinking something like our Chinese identity, actually. Right. You know, even this question, like uh, you see, Ang Lee, actually Ang Lee is born, born, born in Taiwan. He's, he's, he's uh, grew up in Taiwan, actually. So mm. um, what made me think about is like that time, China, uh, Ta uh, Taiwan is under occupied by, by Japan. Like, I think it's like 50 years, you know, like for, for 50 mm. years. It, that, of course, they, they influenced, uh, influenced the Thai, uh, Taiwanese a lot. And then even I, as I remember the, 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 the talk between both Ang Lee and Koreda, Ang Lee did mention that uh, uh, Japanese helped uh, Taiwan uh, built out, you know, uh, for build the the train and then like make Taiwan more advanced actually. So mm. we can feel feel that um, Taiwanese like have a kind of like hard appreciate what Japanese did before. Of course, for us, for us we are third generation in Malaysia as a Chinese, you know. Uh, mm. so we don't really um, connected or really we don't really know anything about the Japan, uh, uh in during the the World War Two. What they mm. did we, we, uh, in, to us, we only uh, watch, and we only read and understand it by history. So I don't think Malaysian Chinese, or as Malaysian Chinese filmmaker, we really connect with the Japan Japan film as well. Because, right. uh, but one thing I remind me is, uh, I think this so called influencing, uh, we do have uh, as a as a Malaysian Chinese, okay, uh, not Malaysian Malay, <laughs> so. Mm. Uh, for for Malaysian Chinese, actually, we influence from Hong Kong much more the TVB oh, yeah. TVB okay. drama. So you can see actually this kind of like uh, influencing is depend your country or your region what you are mm. uh, getting the most from. Like you say, you just now 
you, I'm so envy that you could, you went to watch movie with your with, with your grandma. Then, uh, yeah, this is also like related with your personality. Like me, I don't really have much uh chances to to go uh watch cinema at all actually. So so what we like most of the uh Malaysian Chinese kids actually, if you are not really like from rich uh, rich family or for some certain reason, uh, we wouldn't have a uh, much chance to uh to get to know about cinema actually yeah for mm. like like my typical chinese family background that they, they, they thought uh, watching film is like something bad for children so they're oh, not really, really like, encourage or yeah yeah well, for typical chinese uh i think in malaysia yeah they they, they right. want you to study to become doctor they want you to read book so they don't really uh, like allow you from at least for my family they don't really allow you to watch too much uh, tv program or something so the only thing mm. we can Easily attach with uh, and easily get chance to watch it. Actually, is the Chinese uh the Hong Kong TV drama. So right. for for that one, I can see I can see, not probably is uh probably is wrong. I can see most Malaysian Chinese director when they're shooting the feature film. What I'm saw, uh, seeing uh most of it is quite similar with what uh, Hong Kong TV drama did or Stephen Chow film something like that. Because that at the okay. time most of it actually get inspired from that. So mm. compare with uh Angli inspired by the Japanese film. So you see, it's like things to be uh same, but mm. the source is different, you know. Mm. So this is what I'm thinking. And I quite admit that uh at least uh, uh how at least uh Chinese uh Taiwan Taiwan Chinese they, they really get influenced by a good example. Japanese film is really good. And I only start uh know about Japanese film during the, the Japanese film festival that are organized mm. in Malaysia by the Japan Foundation. So that time mm. I really wow, inspired, wow, the Japanese uh, film is really good. Besides that, I would just watch a uh, Japanese anime and Japanese drama as well. So I, I, mm. I'm thinking is like, the chances you actually get influenced by uh, your environment or your, your, your people around you or the chances of everything, the media around you. So like nowadays, what is it? It's YouTube. So yeah, so it's different already, yeah. But yeah, I kind of like agree that um, in in for for Ang Lee when he's saying that uh he influenced by the the Taiwan uh, the, the Japan's film, I can feel that oh yeah when I will recall for myself oh I actually like get influenced by the Hong Kong TV drama as well, mm. yeah. But when you get I think when you getting uh know more about this when you expose to uh, much more different type of a uh, film or media, you have to make your own uh, choices or decision, like which one right. you really love it or you want to do it. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, wow. Excellent. That, that was incredibly enlightening. I, I found it to be very enjoyable. <laughs> and now that you talk about it, I, I realized that, I mean, I'm, I'm speaking in broad strokes here. It's, it's not really representative of, of everybody in Malaysia, but, but as, as a scholar, looking back at the history of Malaysian cinema, um, Malaysian Chinese audiences weren't really prioritized by many Malaysian filmmakers in, in you know, feature films being released in cinemas and whatnot. Um, it is only when, uh, I think there was uh, Tiger Wuhu. Um, oh, yeah, uh, yes. Is it by uh, Chi Kang Guan, uh, if I'm mistaken? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. So, so that's like, that was perhaps one of the first films that really started to look at the Malaysian Chinese like, and then say, all right, so we have this group of people here. How can we bring them to the cinema? So, so that was like, that, that, that was the, 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 perhaps uh, the starting point, if you will, or one of the starting points for, for uh, um, a mass appreciation of films in the cinema by the Malaysian Chinese community. Like, that's actually like specifically created to do so. Prior to that, you've had independent films, perhaps, you know, um, one off every once in a while here and there. But that one, I think they went for a Chinese New Year release, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so now, now every year, Chinese New Year, you will have at least one, maybe two Malaysian Chinese films that come out and they deliberately target the, the Chinese yeah. New Year crowd and whatnot. Because so. that's, that period is the best chance to get the box office, to be honest with you. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's very clever. It's very well done. It's just that when you said that, I, I kind of thought about that because I, I you know, we are we often think that the situation or the context we're in 
it's always been like this for a while. It kind of really takes an effort for us to kind of really stop and think and realize that actually it's not always been this way. So when you said yep. that you weren't encouraged to go um, to, to the cinema with your family, for instance, right? Um, hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I'm reminded of that context. So that's something that I felt is, is quite important for us to share with our respective yep. listeners. Um, I'm going to come back to the discussion here. And here, both of them actually had uh, some points to make about international cinema. Essentially, the idea of East and West kind of interacting with one another um, in their own ways. Um, so you had, for instance, Koreda. Uh, 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 one of his latest films is actually a French film, officially a French film, called The Truth, featuring a fair amount of Western actors. And he described how in making that film, he had a fair amount of language barriers, uh, but eventually uh, it all worked out. Um, there was a quote supplied by uh, Ethan Hawke, apparently, in the making of that film. What's important in making a film is to have a common vision. Now, it sounds obvious, <laughs> but I think it's actually a good point to bear in mind. You know, we all come from different points, but so long as we are heading towards uh, the right direction um, together, uh, I think that helps to kind of uh, put everything into perspective. So that is something that Koreeda faced in making the truth. Um, but Koreeda also spoke about Ang Lee in, in the making of a film like Sense and Sensibility. So he spoke of how when he watched the film, he was also very much aware of the context of how this very Asian filmmaker made a very European film um, and how he managed to overcome this linguistic hurdle in, in a very good way. Um, and there's a part where Ang, Ang Lee himself actually spoke that uh, of, of his experience of working with the late Alan Rickman, um, who played, uh, I think, most memorably for quite a lot of people, um, Professor Snape in the Harry Potter films. Um, so, <laughs> so he spoke of this one um, experience, uh, one exchange he had with uh, oh. Alan Rickman. Uh, and then, he, you know, they did, a, they did a take for a particular scene. Okay, cut. Was it entirely happy with that? So he went up to Alan Rickman and he said, less. Uh, less. less. Um, and then Alan Rickman did the take again, and it, but it wasn't quite what he wanted, but, but Ang Lee could sense that Alan Rickman was very, very irritated by this. Um, he's, you know, slowly <laughs> but surely getting a little bit more unhappy and more upset. Um, and then Ang Lee said, well, I, did, I didn't have the courage to say less. And then so I said, do more. <laughs> and, then, and then Alan Rickman got irritated. He said, okay, what do you want? Do you want less or more? And then Ang Lee said, do more, less. <laughs> yeah, that part is very funny. I, I will laugh during that time. Yeah. I was laughing I as well because I can, I can imagine Alan Rickman because I, I, you know, it's not like I know him as a person. But having seen him a fair amount in interviews and in a number of films and whatnot, I can imagine his face and what he would look and sound like when he gets irritated. And I can imagine Ang Lee as well at that stage at that stage of his career, you know, established so-called in, in Asia, but now you know, jumping into a very Western or European context. So it, it must have been quite um nervous for him as well um, on, on some level, right? So I can imagine all these little things together. And I can see how that scene would unfold in my mind. And I just thought that is one of the funniest things that I came across in more recent times, yeah? Um, do more, less. <laughs> so, so I just wonder uh, that for you, TK, coming back to, to you and perhaps a bit more of your experience, how much of what was um, discussed by both filmmakers can you relate to? In, in terms of dealing with language barriers and such. You worked on, on, on Japanese films, uh, at least one that I know of, um, and then you've taken part in a number of, of workshops and, and film academies and whatnot, where obviously I would, I would imagine that language is an issue. How much of what they discuss can you relate to? Okay, uh, yeah, first of all, I actually just want to add on something about the Korea just now. Uh, I think he's late. I, I, I didn't have the chance to wish, uh, watch uh, the two yet. But uh, his latest film actually is uh, with Korean. <laughs> he just done one oh, film that's right. in Korea. Yeah. Is, it's is that, Dango, is that... and Ayu. Yeah. So... Yes. Bei Duna, he was working with in yeah. Erdol. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
So quite yes. people like envy that wow, Corrida is becoming international. So yeah, back to your question. Yeah, as you say, actually, I have. Uh, I mean, I really have good opportunity to work with few uh, foreign projects from during the workshop. I think, as you know, that I went to the AFA in Busan. Uh, 2016, and then I also uh, went to the uh, Kyoto Film Lecture Lab, uh, which I'm that time I in 2015. But I I'm a production manager, so I'm not direct. And then another one is like uh, 2018. I went to the Golden Horse Again uh, Film Academy. Uh, so I work with the Taiwanese as well uh, as a director. So and I also fortunate to have chances to. Uh, how to say it. my personal short film project, uh, which I shoot in Seoul 2019, also working with a whole everyone is a Korean. It's just a very personal and very uh, independent. But uh, from this few um, how to say this few few uh project uh working with foreigner, um, I think I can feel angry that time. Like if watch this interview, like I'm I'm really a bit nervous and then uh can't really uh. How to say? Uh, express what I want. Uh, because my mother language, mother tongue is like Chinese, right? Uh, even I know how to speak uh, English, but I'm not really good in English as well. So when I'm working with uh, Korean, uh, I have chance of working with a uh, quite established uh, Korean actor, and also like uh, independent Korean actors. So mm. it, no matter which part, uh, no no matter who who are they actually, I also have this kind of uh, issue that uh, I feeling uh. Should I tell them, uh, because the communication and the uh, understanding of each other actually is quite important. This is really really important actually. Yeah, and the the pre production work have to work out very very well. Um, especially in the workshop, you 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 probably only have two or three days to work with the actors before the real shoot actually, and uh, especially in AFA like there's a four director, so you know mm. as a four director if. Within the director cannot have a uh uh how to say a uh, a same page. It's very hard to com uh convert it to the actor. So this is also challenging, but it's like out of the topic for now. So mostly it's like when you're dealing with the foreign actor, the understanding of what uh what you want and send it to him, uh is very important. Uh, but I think from my uh how to say my experience uh. When I facing this issue, I, uh, how to say, I like kind of trying to change one part of my mind that uh, uh, it might not work for every director, but um, it uh, okay, uh, you have to trust your actor. Actually, the the mm. probably the most uh, important thing uh, is you have to let. Uh, actor know the character first, or or the situation of the scene. It's not like some of the director like guiding them. I want you act like this, like this, like this. Right. You know, uh, like specify. Oh no, you should be like this. This kind of thing uh, is probably make the situation more harder. I think, but at least if you give the actor understand the everything, the situation. This this character is what kind of character, and then the scene. What happened on the scene? Uh, for for the whole story. And then, I think they will because they are professional. They will mm -hmm. they will build up something for you. Of course, before the real shoot, you have to check it out. Is it that thing is the something that really as the character inside the story or not? Yeah, this I think this is very very important. Uh, of course, uh, beside the translator, if you have another translator, maybe the translator also is very important issue. If some some mm -hmm. of them really not understand about filmmaking, they just do the translating. There will be a big issue as well. It's just like directly convert or what the director saying. But you know, sometimes when we are talking, then we have feeling inside it, right? You can yeah. catch the feeling. I believe that even both of the actor and director, like like uh, how to say, like playing catch ball, right? So sometimes you you get oh that feeling, that feeling. But if you go through a tra translator, that that might stop the feeling as well. Actually, this is what I really feel. Mm. So in my case in in uh, Golden Horse uh, from Academy because uh, all of us speaking Chinese, this issue be more or less actually. I mean right. for for the for the uh, sending out the message or sending out the the things you want or for to direct the actor is like more or less. At least we are speaking the common common language. But still, uh, I think it's the way you speak 
also very important. Even I speak yes. Chinese. There's still a difference. The way I, yeah. Yeah, that's different actually. And how you speak, say it out or how you convert it out also is very important, which I'm learning now actually. So hmm, uh, I remember during the, the talk, Coreda did uh, mention something like uh, with the Ethan Hawk is like uh, has a common version, vision, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, correct. So that, that that's a really, really important. But as I said just now, if your actor also like in the same page with you, it's like bullshit. Everyone know that actually, but it's still is a very important thing. If you, if you all of you are in the same page, it will help the process so much. Uh, well, those are some very good thoughts, and certainly a fair amount of that I, I can get on board with. I've tried to make films with translators before. Did really. <laughs> Yeah, it's really not uh, the, the the most optimum of uh, film and, and experiences. Actually, one funny thing I realized is like we as a Malaysian, we have already have different kind of direct races. You know, mm. you know, uh, like if I am a Chinese, I'm I go to direct uh, Malay. It's also have challenging, right? Because uh, uh, yeah, so, yeah. You see, we staying with uh, in the same country for so long, yeah, but. Uh, the issue is that I feel that we still didn't understand each other for, you know, for enough. So, mm. yeah, I, I, I mean, Malaysia, maybe it's a good chance for you to, to, to practice if you really want to work the, for international, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, so I'm thinking sometimes, I think we should not like, mm, oh, I'm Chinese, I want to make Chinese film only. No, I don't think that's where actually, you, you should be a try working with everyone. I mean, film is universal things and then, mm, also, I think uh, the character or, or the actor actually also human. So, of course, the culture is very good. Uh, not very good, very important and different. But um, film is a team, teamwork. So, you, you mm. might need help from your... your um, you, you have to get different national... Uh, like, let's say if you want to shoot a Korean film, you, you probably need to get a Korean scriptwriter as well and Korean AD mm. or your producer. Yeah, you, you, have to, you have to communicate with them for developing the story even. Uh, before you go to the actor, you have to understand the their culture as well. I think this is very important, and I'm still learning that trying not to implant our own mindset into different culture or something. Uh, you you can do that, but uh, but uh, depend your story. So yeah. Okay, fair enough. Right, some very interesting thoughts there from uh, Mr. Tim Kian. But uh, we are going to take a short break for now, ladies and gentlemen. Um, when we get back, we are going. To to continue with uh, the second half of our episode here. Mountain. The first time that I saw Brokeback Mountain, when I saw the first scene, and I also watched the first few minutes today in the theater, there was a long shot and then a middle shot, and, and then his ledger gets off the truck, and then the music comes in. And I was really drawn in to that movie and I thought that was that's a masterpiece. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we're back for the second half of this episode where uh, Tim Kian and I, uh, we are talking about uh, a particular session uh, that featured Ang Lee in conversation with Hirokazu Koreeda. Um, I, I think I need to kind of uh, point out at this juncture that he's actually the this episode is the first part of a two-part episode kind of art or series <laughs> because there's a fair amount that we want to talk about, but we will try to keep it to a certain time length for, for each episode. So, so we're going to break this up into two episodes. Um, for our part for now, we are going to continue to a discussion about time and space. Um, I just want to very briefly touch on this um, because uh, they, they spoke about essentially cinematic time and, and space, uh, and, and the, the focus here is actually a bit more on Brokeback Mountain. And Korea spoke of Brokeback Mountain, of how, you know, that there's a, a fair amount of, of issues and topics raised in the movie, of course, um, you know, Westerns, cowboys, homosexuality, uh, a love film, just at the end of the day, really. But what's very interesting is that Korea spoke of, of Brokeback Mountain, um, as, as this, he said that the main topic of this movie is time. And I thought that's actually a very, um, very interesting concept to, to, to kind of have touched on. Um, 
Ang Lee or so, or Lee An. Now that I'm reminded of my uh, my friend who spoke of Ang Lee as Lee An, so maybe you know something that we should have brought up earlier as well. Um, but um, but Ang Lee also kind of spoke not just about time, but also space, and he spoke of how uh, adding space in Western films, right? So he said here literally that space is like anti-matter, negative space, but also in time, in music, and the pauses between each note. So essentially, when we're talking about space, not just in terms of you know, the space that you see visually on screen, but also the space in between the different beats of, of maybe the musical notes. So, so there's a greater space in between there that increases attention um, or, or the emotion to be evoked there. So basically pauses. I think the, the pauses, what you said there, the pauses between each note. That's actually a point worth bearing in mind as well. And understanding this kind of interaction between time and space, I think it's actually quite uh, important. Uh, certainly for Ang Lee, he spoke of this as uh, being uh, significant enough. Um, he said here, uh, talking about time and space, a filmmaker's job is not so much to shrink it, but to evoke the size of the movie. Space is easy for me because you can fill in the space. The pauses, you fill in the texture of the pauses and you stretch the time as well. But the details, you have to pay to see the changes. So in this, in this case, he's essentially speaking about how, you know, you kind of expand visually and, and tonally as well, the, the, um, the feel of the movie. And by doing that, and doing that in, in, in a certain way, you can make the the, the movie or the film feel a lot bigger than it actually is. Um, and I think uh, that that's something that kind of got me thinking, right? Maybe for you too, ladies and gentlemen, uh, listening to this uh, at home, it's something worth bearing in mind as well. Right? Filmmaker's job is not so much to shrink it, but to evoke the size of the movie through time and space. Uh, a very uh, good point or a good quote worth considering. Um, and they both uh, also spoke uh, fairly extensively on Brokeback Mountain. Koreeda is such a big fan of the, of the film. He said that this is a perfect movie, an ideal movie. I would like to do such a movie as well. And Ang Lee himself, he spoke of how he, he was a bit kind of surprised in a way, just as, you know, with the possibility of, of turning uh, what was a short story into a feature film. He said here, I couldn't be more different from Wyoming gay cowboys. After making the Hulk, I was so exhausted, I wanted to retire. Um, and his father, as it turns out, uh, Tim Tian, uh, TK, his father actually is somebody who did not really encourage him to go into film making. Uh, but this is the one occasion when the father said that you should continue making films because the father said, you're 49. It will set a bad example for your kid. So I think I, I just yeah. find it so interesting that all this while the father is saying, don't make films. And then it got to the point where Ang Lee is like, he's saying, ah, I don't want to make films anymore. And the father is saying, no, you should make films because it will set a bad uh -huh. example for, for your child. I remember that part. That was actually very, very interesting. So, yeah. so that's something that kind of intersects a bit with what you mentioned earlier of the Hulk. Um, you know, a very big film very bombastic, a lot of CGI and whatnot. So I can understand how tiring it must have been on some level. Uh, and then he basically gave us a context as well about the making of this particular film. Um, he was grieving after a funeral that he had attended. And in, in this process or in this period of grief, he fell back on a short story that he came across some years ago that made him feel very, very sad. So he... He was very, you know, um, he read it some years ago and then he, he decided not to make it. And then the second time he came back to the story, he, he was in a context where he was, I would say, very vulnerable, very emotional. You know, you're going through the process of grieving for the loss of someone. And this film is essentially about that as well. So he wanted to get into this particular film. Um, even though there's a big difference between uh, Brokeback Mountain and... and the, some of the past films that he has made. So he said, for instance, that Sense and Sensibility is a very verbal film. Brokeback Mountain is very non-verbal. And a lot of people said, yeah, you probably 
probably shouldn't really get into this for now. Um, but then he said here, and this is a quote that I kind of want you to kind of respond or react to as well. He said, I come from China. Don't talk to me about silence and oppression. So I, I thought that was just a very, it's a very strong quote. I, I just feel that it's not just a film thing. It's a social political thing. Um, yeah. There's a lot that we can unpack here. Um, but for you, TK, he's obviously speaking about the Chinese context, perhaps in relation to the, to the Chinese Communist Party um, and the People's Republic of China and whatnot. I just wonder how much of what he said can apply to the Malaysian context for you. Do you, perhaps as a Malaysian Chinese filmmaker, feel a similar kind of oppression um, in, in trying to tell your stories? Uh, yeah. As I said just now about the China Chinese things, uh, yeah, we 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 we've had to comment from our our point of view actually, yeah. So, mm. but luckily your question is asking about Malaysian Chinese, so yeah, I can give my thought. <laughs> it's just my thought, not really represent for all whole whole Malaysian Chinese. Um, actually, before that, I really feel that yeah. Uh, our Malaysian Chinese filmmaker have some kind of like expression uh, in here actually. That's before, but um, recently I just found out that possibility that is is only our how to say our our mindset, our own mindset, which uh what our our parents taught us uh, taught us or told us or influenced us all the time, you know. Right. Because um, the the issue is uh what. What is called? What caused this uh uh expression? Okay, I don't say the big community, you know. Uh, I, I only speak of like uh me as a film Chinese filmmaker in Malaysia, and especially me only. So mm. like you always thought that oh people have more chances to get the money to shoot or support from the government or everything, and our Chinese is nothing. We we can't get anything. We always blame on this kind of thing. But did did we really step up from our how to say our own circles, uh? All the, our small mindset to to explore more. Did we do that? Yeah, for mm -hmm. me, I said no because I I'm growing up in in typical Chinese family, so I didn't like really meet much uh, Malay friend uh, until I met you, Mas. Uh, some of them really really oh, uh, changed my my mind, you know. So mm -hmm. let's say who said that uh, Finas. Uh, our 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 Malaysia from from board right from uh, Finas didn't support any things uh to Chinese film, uh okay sorry Finas but I can say that Finas used to not really stop giving any grant out or mm. they didn't really make uh, many many program to let us know but now that is different I think they changed already few years ago they start to like really uh, uh how to say uh expose much more even they have a grant they have they, they will announce it and then we start to like have like a circus that all of us like uh, how to say uh we have sharing news each other because the internet is very useful now and even i myself also try to apply the grant before you know a uh, short film grant last year and then uh eventually we got it so you, you can't really mm, uh, think about that uh, those uh, uh oppressions feeling or no distress from from the you know malaysia society or something is it uh really um, uh, exist yeah i can say yes <laughs> in, in many 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 kind of terms especially during these two years you know uh, the pandemic and our unstable government you know you can you, you definitely can feel it actually and uh so i think this kind of feeling don't don't how to say don't don't put, put it so small and so tiny about oh just about filmmaking and then people doesn't really care about you because you are Chinese Malaysian but I think you have to fight the way to work out that that's the that's the that's you have to do you know yeah you 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 can't like sitting here and asking people to help you you know mm. in, in this kind of thing you only make yourself more depressed actually All right yeah I think. For us, we should change from our own mindset first. And then I really feel that mm, from what Ang Lee say, you know, uh, I feel that mm, uh, yeah, probably he, he really true about what China, China government did to uh, their film industry, especially this uh, few years. You can see there's a lot of technical issue for, <clears throat> to cause some China film to pull out from the film festival. Right. So we can't really know 
or just what so-called technical issue. But what I'm feeling is like, oh, we should appreciate that we as a Malaysian, even not a lot say Malay or Chinese filmmaker, we still have some freedom to make film. Uh, mm. By by like don't cross over some borderline that uh, government doesn't allow, mm. and I think the borderline is quite uh how to say it? yeah the borderline sometimes is a uh, uh ridiculous because you know the their their judgment about you know <laughs> about the borderline is like different with us but to be honestly compared to China I feel that we are lucky and then we we should uh we still have a quite a space of freedom to do to 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 tell the story you want to yeah but depend how smart you play with with the with the rules yeah mm. so of course i still honestly to say that uh, i'm kind of a quite negative person and then this kind of <laughs> depression oppression i always have feeling it even until today yeah right and so we, we should learn to overcome it yeah understood yeah i mean you, you raised a number of, of very good points there because there is, of course, a, a, a number of different reactions that people can give um, to, to the same context here. And it's worth bearing in mind that, yeah, I think there is still a, a perspective where perhaps Malaysian Chinese filmmakers feel that, you know, they, they are not getting the right kind of support or they are not getting the, the, the right kind of space to, to, to be allowed the chance to tell their story. And I can believe that as well. Um, certainly, more recently, there's a fair amount of, um, you know, police investigations, or you know, they call in filmmakers to come in for questioning. Um, why, why do you do it? Why do you do that? And 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 you know, the things that's, that that are being done is actually they are very very small, very minor. So there's still, in a general sense, uh, a fair amount of people do feel somewhat oppressed in that sense. But but. In the certainly in the Malaysian Chinese filmmaking context, um, I, I would agree with you. I mean, uh, there there are changes that I have seen, um, and that I look at positively as well, because I see a number of um, um, Malaysian Chinese films uh, also being given greater uh, acknowledgement uh, at official events like the Malaysian Film Festival. Um, so I, I, I think that's something worth bearing in mind. Um, it's not entirely a thing. I think a number of years ago, they had this, there was a Malaysian Chinese Filmmakers Association and then they had their own awards, yeah. the Golden Wow. So still, <laughs> oh, they still have it. They still exist. They still, still exist. Now. Right, okay. So, yeah. But so I'm not a member have, of them. Yeah, well, they did invite me, so yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't, I can't understand uh, what they are doing. But uh, I can say that they, they actually organize a lot of, uh, how to say, event nowadays. Really, really, they, mm. they invite some international uh, speaker to sharing, do sharing. And then I attend one of their producing workshop, actually. Uh, it's quite mm. good. And they're trying to, uh, how to say, to, to, to break the, the, the barrier or the border between like, a Chinese and you see the name is like Chinese from uh, associates, but then they're trying not to limit it as a Chinese, you know. Even mm. I, I met uh, Moose, yeah, Moose, the, the director, quite uh, uh, new, but like savage director now. It's like, yeah, his film, uh, Previous Apu, also quite good, I think. And okay. he also attended the, 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 yeah, he, he also attended the workshop, you know. The, the, so things like, not, not like, uh, oh, because you are Chinese from associate, you just work with the Chinese. They're just right. trying to encourage Chinese to, to break the barrier as well. I think it's quite good, actually. Yeah, mm. because uh, Chinese, like, like, like what I'm saying just now, we already live in our own circles, you know? So we mm. don't really explore or we don't want to cross over to, to, to deal with others, like or to understand others. So I think the organization is quite um, trying to do invisible, like linking up. And at least we know much about finance already, something like that, yeah. Mm. Okay, fair enough. We're going to bring the, the, this particular episode to an end. We, got, we are going to continue with the second episode. But uh, I kind of want to get into two quotes. I want to end on two quotes from uh, Ang Lee, uh, again, about Robert Mountain. He said that cowboys are gays. It takes an outsider to say that. <laughs> In the American context, it's very masculine, very macho. You yeah. know, Westerns. Westerns, the film, the genre of Westerns, right? Uh, Westerns deal with space, which is also very similar to Eastern films. 
And it's difficult to say what is East and what is West. I think, yeah, if you strip it down to the basic principles, I think on, on many levels, um, we can kind of say that uh, there, there are, of course, strong similarities between what is a so-called Eastern film and what is so-called a Western film. But just coming back to the idea of space very briefly, this is not, I believe, just an Ang Lee thing. I think it's a Taiwanese cinema thing as well. I, and I say that because I, I think back to films by Ho Xiao Shen, um, by Edward Yang, uh, and I feel that, you know, when you talk about expanding the time and space, you know, it's just letting, letting the scene breathe. You're not, you're not cutting the shot and, and have many different shots edited together. It's just a camera is just there and life just happens in front of it. And, and I feel that there's a fair amount of this where time and space is given to whatever to unfold so that we, the viewer, can see it. So I, I, I kind of feel that this is a Taiwanese cinema thing as much as anything else. Um, so, so that's something worth bearing in mind. Koreda also spoke on Brokeback Mountain here. One, one of the two men dies, but the relationship doesn't end there. By losing something, you realize the importance of this person and the existence of this person becomes eternal. This person is not just lost through death. A very thought-provoking quote there, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sure you'll agree, but for now, we are going to uh, end this episode here. In the next episode, there's a fair amount of other things that we will be talking about, uh, including uh, how our good brother TK here actually met both filmmakers. And that's why I wanted to do this session with you, because you have a bit more of that personal touch that you can bring into um, this particular session. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll be talking a bit more about that later on in the second part of this discussion. But for now, Thank you very much for having uh, taken the time to listen to us um, whenever and wherever you may be in the world. Uh, I wish you all uh, you know, a good day, a good evening, a good afternoon, a good night, perhaps. Uh, and we'll see you all very, very soon. Bye-bye. Everything is okay. I